studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news is how the Krispy Kreme is giving free glazed donuts to customers who get vaccinated. I'd like to meet the one person who's like, I wasn't going to get the vaccine, but... I heard about that free donut. You pick the arm. I don't care. I hold the donut with this arm, so you've got to get That's my donut arm. So if obesity wasn't your pre-existing condition before, it's about to be. So I would think at this point in my life, I would catch on to these things immediately, but I still don't. So I saw the headline <laughs> yesterday that Krispy Kreme was going to give a free donut for the rest of the year for anybody who got a vaccine. And I thought, geez, it's only March. So you get vaccinated and you get a free donut anytime you go into Krispy Kreme for the next nine months. That's a lot of donuts. But one, Sean pointed out that who's going to go in and buy one donut? Right. You're going to buy a donut exactly. coffee or a couple of donuts or whatever. And each making each donut cost them two cents. Uh, and secondly, how many times did you hear that story in the last 24 hours? I've heard it 10 times. Sure. Right. I don't know if you could put a number on the amount of advertisement they got. What do they call that? Earned advertisement or something like that? Free media. Free media. How many tens of millions of dollars worth of free advertisement did they get out of that uh, stunt? Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Right, right. And from their perspective, not only does each donut cost them probably a tenth of a cent. It's like the old golf course thing. The first round costs you $5 million, The second round costs you $2. Um, you know, gearing up to make all those donuts costs you millions of dollars. Each individual donut's practically free. How many people were going to come in and buy one donut, which is like 30 cents, but now are not because they got the vaccine? So they're actually not spending anything on this, right. if you think about it that way. And, uh, again, I mean, well, never mind. Enough said. Just real quick, did you notice something different about the uh, the Fallon joke? Crowd? Oh, people live, laughing? Live studio audience, first time. Nice. Huh. Yeah. Uh, reduced capacity, uh, they were all first responders. I think that's going to be pretty common for uh, healthcare workers, first responders, that sort of thing. But uh, There's a lot of important news in the world. We'll get to some of it, uh, so I shouldn't get off on this tangent, but... I consider Krispy Kreme among my least favorite donuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. No. I think it's among the worst. It might be the worst fresh donut I've ever had. I don't it's understand. Taste. Why, Some people love it. I don't understand why it's so popular. Craig, the healthcare guru, loves them. Oh, Just I, loves I them. like them. I'll eat them. But if there's a different donut place next by, I'll go to that one. Um, we, we do need to talk about the shooting, at least in the context of guns, I think, coming up in a little bit, because you have a new administration that can act. I'm looking up at CNN. Pressure builds on Biden to act on guns. Well, they can at least attempt to act on guns. Mm. So uh, we'll be hearing about that. This is interesting. The details are scant right now. Uh, that's on purpose. But remember, the details were scant pretty recently on the $2 trillion package that got signed into law. Last week, a week ago, um, the details were scant. Next thing you know, it's upon us. Next thing you know, they're voting. Next thing you know, it's happened with almost no opposition from the Republican Party and priorities for the Democratic Party, progressive priorities that have nothing to do with COVID are now law. 
and practically zero awareness among the people of America that society's being restructured and with the, COVID as the excuse. And they're going to and they're going to do it again. And I don't blame them. If 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 my party were pulling this off, I'd be happy about it too. So now they've got two plans that will total three trillion dollars oh. that they're planning to jam through. Um, the first one is going to be under the guise of infrastructure. How many times have you heard everybody agrees on infrastructure? Infrastructure is the low-hanging fruit. Infrastructure is the two-inch putt. I mean, everybody agrees on infrastructure. Well, it could be bipartisan. Just like COVID, because they realized that you can't, the combination of the media and the stupidity of voters, nobody's going to catch on. Your however many trillion dollar infrastructure package will be this much infrastructure that everybody agrees on, and this much climate change stuff uh, and a whole bunch of other different things that the Biden administration wanted to get through and the New York Times is even making it clear the plan seeks to address big issues that Biden focused on while he was running such as climate all kinds of different climate stuff and equality all kinds of equality stuff that has nothing to do with infrastructure but they'll put it in the package it will probably pass the moronic Republican Party will probably yell about something that's got nothing to do with it and uh, it, and it'll happen. It just I'm so I'm so despondent about all this. I don't even know where to start. Well, the beauty of infrastructure is you can call anything infrastructure. I mean, universal pre-K they want to do universal free community college. Well, that's all in for it's uh, educational infrastructure, and we're going to massively uh, expand welfare benefits because that is that is financial infrastructure. But for you don't family. even have to. I mean, you're right, but you don't even have to. Having looked at the package that just went through, some of that stuff they didn't even pretend to, to 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 tie it to COVID. Nobody even paid any attention. It was just there. Right. Yeah. You know. You're right. It's funny. It's like going into a to a big meeting with your boss. You know, with an idea for a proposal or something like that. And you really, really craft it carefully, and you walk in and say, you know, boss, I'm thinking of moving manufacturing operations to Texas, and and they just say, go ahead. You don't need the arguments. You're right. Nobody's going to pay attention. Why are we talking about it? By the way, some of the stuff from this last bill that went through the... I never can remember the name of it. It's got so little to do with what it actually was. American Recovery Act or something you're like right. that? Something like that. Um, and it's got all kinds of stuff in there that's got barely anything to do with COVID. For instance, the uh, the child credit stuff that is just a complete like great society or FDR, New Deal sort of changing the relationship of families and the government and wealth redistribution. That, I, I heard you know, I heard people say, and Democrats are going to try to make this permanent, it would be made permanent in this package. It would be followed by um, one of these trillion-dollar packages they're going to try to uh, jam through would include making the child tax credit stuff permanent because it, ends at the end of the year. So they jammed it into the COVID thing through this year. This one would make it permanent. That's how ah. fast it would happen. Yep. It so would temporary go, measures to rescue the economy are now permanent, blink of an eye later. It would go from extending the child tax credit that is scheduled to expire at the end of the year and providing for universal pre-kindergarten forever. All that stuff would become a full-on entitlement for the rest of eternity until the United States collapses under its own weight. Right. That's right. amazing. How f- So this could all happen in like the span of a month. <laughs> right. Where it goes from not existing, you know, a wish list thing that you'd never get through Congress, to happening and becoming permanent. Should have won those Senate races in Georgia. Should have won one of those freaking Senate races. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. The twists and turns of history. How amazing is that? All this stuff could happen. Change the structure of 
of our society. We will become France, or nope. at the very least, Britain. And few in the future will not remember that winning one of those races in Georgia would have stopped all that from happening. Again, these discussions probably won't even be had, but when you hear infrastructure, what do you think? You think bridges and roads and railroads, right? Maybe a port or two, something like that. Listen to this. This is a little hint from Jen Psaki. President Biden and his team are considering a range of potential options for how to invest in working families and reform our tax code so it rewards work, not wealth. So it's everything. Universal pre-K, there's almost no data showing it helps uh, the education outcome. It's just government paid for another year of health, of of, uh, child care. That's what that is. Yeah, it's government paid. uh, I just wish uh, they'd say it out loud. And if America decides they want... Uh, the taxpayer to foot the bill for child care for four-year-olds all across America will then vote for it. But quit tying it to education and acting like it's something. It also includes, oh, okay, they mentioned roads, bridges, waterways, and rails. Fine. Uh, I like the power grid. It also, (laughs) doesn't everybody like the power grid? It also includes funding for retrofitting buildings, safety improvements, school infrastructure. Hmm, what does that mean? Low-income and tribal groups. Our tribal groups infrastructure now, as well as a hundred billion dollars for schools, because they didn't get any money recently, and education infrastructure from the federal government. It's expected to include four hundred billion dollars in spending to combat climate change, sixty billion for infrastructure related to green transit that nobody'll take, and forty six billion dollars for climate related research and development. So that forty six billion for research doesn't include isn't included in the four hundred billion to combat climate change. But that, that last bill that's now a law, that um, untangling work from welfare, that you can now get welfare without work, that the Bill Clinton brought us and mm-hmm. Joe Biden signed, the, it being gone now and the law of the land, and now it's going to become permanent, it's just, I mean, that's just a restructure of society. Well, wait, untangling sounds good. We're going to untangle work from welfare. So you don't have to ever work. You can just get welfare for the rest of your life. I love that, how it's $400 billion for climate change, then another uh, $46 billion for climate-related research. It's like uh, me saying to Judy, we're, we're getting together to talk about the family budget. Now, sweetheart, I will need uh, golf money. And then I will need money for researching how to be a better golfer. Then I need my equipment infrastructure funded. Then I need money to study infrastructural improvements and the rest of it, all in addition to my so-called golf budget. Ridiculous. (laughs) I'll bet it happens. I I don't blame them for swinging for the fences. They just hit a monstrous home run, one of the biggest home runs in legislative history. And they're going to... uh, they're going to try to do it through reconciliation, too, so they don't even need uh, any Republican votes. They'll just do it on party lines again. They're going to raise the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28%, which is a tax on workers and consumers. And to the extent that the corporations absorb it at all, and they barely do, they will move overseas. Uh, we'll be following this as it unfolds. It's, uh, it's something. Uh, Florida has just banned toilet-invading iguanas, so we'll have to talk about that at some point finally banned the toilet invading iguanas up until now it was fine well i for one am tired of these uh, those inconvenient and terrifying bites to my undercarriage <laughs> you should have gotten the uh the under the undercoating tell you what <laughs> turn the light on check the bowl you should have the me doctor, on that. doctor do the undercoating on you earlier to protect you um terrible another terrible shooting what does this mean for guns with a new administration probably ought to touch on that yeah that's fine uh, and and we'll tell you why we're not going to tell you anything else about it. Yeah. 
If you're yeah. not familiar with our philosophy on these things. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. And finally, officials in Cambridge, Massachusetts, recently approved plans for a cannabis cookie store in Harvard Square. So if you go to Harvard and you love weed, I bet your dad also went to Harvard. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, probably pretty likely right there. Um, Or you're a fake pole vaulter or something, or both. Is there anything we need to say about yesterday's shooting in Colorado? Having said what I said a little bit ago, that in the first 24 hours... Generally, practically everything that is revealed turns out to be wrong. You know, the only thing I would say is, thank God the cops were there to save lives. Uh, One of the police officers died. Uh, He was the first on the scene, according to, again, the early accounts. But one thing you will not hear on this show, we will not trumpet this guy's name. We will not make him famous. We will not air his list of grievances. We will not make him into a scary anti-hero. We will not make him famous. The name hasn't been released. That's the only reason you're not being bludgeoned with it over and over again. But I don't know. I haven't heard that guy's from Atlanta, which I'm about to talk about. I haven't heard his name, seen it in print, I don't think, anywhere. Mm. I haven't seen it much. I wonder if that's progress. It may be. Yeah. Clearly, at least some outlets are making the choice not to show the picture or the names as much, which we've been howling for forever. Good. Good. Just give me 20 seconds on this. I have a list of grievances. If you listen to the show, you probably have an idea what they are. Do you think I could get the New York Times, Washington Post, the Alphabet Networks, all the cable guys to air my list of grievances? No, no way. Unless, unless I'm willing to kill a bunch of innocent people. Then I'll buy my way into the newspapers. I'll buy my way onto the airwaves. Well, we think that's disgusting and despicable. Die anonymously in a cage, you crazy piece of garbage. So maybe the media is getting rid of the names, but they're still making all kinds of other mistakes. Uh, Brett Stevens in the New York Times. The Atlanta massacre and the media's morality plays. Journalists should give readers the facts, not play to fears. This is what we've been yelling about. You're trying to create a race war where there is none. For many years, Gallup has been gauging America's confidence in its institutions. Journalism has not fared well. In 2020, just 24% of Americans had a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers. 39% had very little or none. For television news, it's even worse. How do you explain this lack of confidence in our media? One reason may be that we keep proving ourselves unworthy of it. Well, I was going to say. This is happening again. How do you explain the low popularity of being poked in the eye? It sucks. That's how. This is happening again in the wake of the mass murder at three Atlanta area massage parlors in which six of eight women uh, killed were of Asian descent. The crime is horrific and heartbreaking. The identity of the perpetrator is clear. So how do we get headlines like the Atlanta spa shootings and the year of hatred against Asia Americans on a news story from the U.S. News and World Report? And why is reporting of the incident by so many news outlets emphasize the race of the victims when there is hardly any evidence at all to show that it had anything to do with race? The reason is that we have two things that separately are important and true, but that are being dubiously conjoined for reasons of ideological convenience. As one CNN headline put it, White supremacy and hate are haunting Asian Americans. 
tempting but baseless. The same study that found last year's rise in anti-Asian hate crimes also notes that the overall incidence of these crimes is relatively small, both in absolute numbers. There were 1,700 hate crimes last year. 122 of them were against Asians. So of all hate wow. crimes declared in the United States, the, sm- the smallest number is Asians. Well, and that, as we made clear, the, uh, the perpetrators were racially mixed and were more black than white, and often... Yeah, he's got Asians. that here. Okay. And while the data about the identity of perpetrators is hard to come by, the New York Police Department did keep tabs last year. It found out in New York that of 20 anti-Asian hate crimes in which arrests were made, two were white, five were white Hispanic, two were black Hispanic, and the rest were black. So of 20, two were white. What can conclude from that? Not a lot, except that the idea that white supremacy is what haunts Asian Americans is on very thin ice. Like so much else in public discourse today, another capital T ideological truth is in search of lowercase t factual truths to validate its predetermined overstretched hypothesis. And that is the laudable goal of raising awareness and combating hate does not relieve journalists of the responsibility to report facts scrupulously, not play to fears in the search of a higher good. There's no doubt about that. All of this would be journalism in which the public could have confidence instead we have morality plays doing it the way we do it. And it needs to be said more often. Yeah, I need to get to this piece I just read in the USA Today. Who gets to decide what is racism and what is hate? The argument of the piece is that if people say it's racism, it is racism. Which is crazy. No matter what. Intent doesn't matter. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. She told them, as we play the Fighting Illini, we ask for special help to overcome this team and get a great win. We hope to score early and make our opponents nervous. We have great opportunity to convert rebounds as this team makes about 50% of layups and 30% of its three-pointers. Our defense can take care of that. She becomes a star every time Loyola goes deep in the tournament. That's Sister Jean, the really old nun who really, really likes college basketball. 101 years old. She ought to mind her own damn business. And her prayer. I remember when she was like in her 80s and they they made a run way back in the day. And now That's she's 100-something. So it's six on five then. That's why the line I lost. It was the five guys on the floor and Jesus. Yeah, How are you going to play against five guys and Jesus? He's rangy. <laughs> um, coming up. Do you know who Sidney Powell is? She was, I don't know what she is, but she is, she's an interesting character. She was one making the, uh, the most, uh, controversial claims about the election being stolen. Well, she's being sued now for gazillions of dollars, and she's got an interesting way of trying to get out of it. We'll, we'll tell you about that coming up. Her defense is hilarious. Plus, a couple buys their California dream house. But the seller refuses to move out and won't let them move in. And he has the backing of the law. Stay tuned for that. Florida man needs a companion. Speaking of the good book, Jack, and then God created woman. Florida woman, specifically. (laughs) Arrested at a McDonald's drive-thru for drunk driving. And was subsequently found to have an eight-pack of vodka stashed in her bra. 
Does vodka come in packs? Uh, so it's with the, like the little airplane <laughs> bottles. Even that would be hard to fit in a bra. Uh, yeah. It's probably been a long time since you, you, either of you have had the need to smuggle uh, alcohol into various things, but you can get essentially like Capri Sun pouches of, of vodka. Now. Oh, you can? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? No, I have not smuggled booze into anything in quite some time. <laughs> I've smuggled it in my bloodstream. <laughs> That's just yeah. called drinking. A <laughs> couple, two, three in a parking lot just to get lubed up, huh? A uh, caller to the cappers. Said uh, 31-year-old Brandy Stanley was driving all over the drive-thru of the Lady Lake Golden Arches, about 56 miles northwest of Orlando. Then she was weaving around the parking lot, and the coppers showed up, scrolling down because this is laid out weird. Ah, uh, an officer dispatched found, this is about 8 o'clock in the evening, just before 8 o'clock in the evening, found Stanley idling in the driver's seat of her Pontiac with, quote, glassy eyes, flushed face, and reeking of alcohol. Uh, let's see. The cop asked Stanley if she needed medical attention. No. And whether she'd been drinking. No. Upon exiting the car, she began swaying side by side. And on the way to the Lake County Jail, continued... I've got vertigo. What? Is that a crime? Co- she continually said, I wasn't driving. Just take me home. Let's forget about this. And then... I'm so stupid, I should know better. Oh, boy. She continued to yell and scream at deputies once at the jail, where she was found to have that eight-pack of deep eddy vodka in her brassiere, according to the report, which noted one of the bottles was missing at that point. Bra booze, deep eddy vodka. Mm. Ask for it by name. Room uh, Body temperature vodka is really delicious. You're looking a little lumpy there, darling. Not that I was staring at your chest. Mm. So, if you followed the whole Trump-Biden election, and then Trump saying he won, and then a lawyer for him, Sidney Powell, making the argument, remember that whole thing? Uh, Well, she's being sued now by the voting system that she claimed was being run by communists and Venezuelans and all kinds of different Uh, things. Oh, yeah, Dominion. Dominion voting, yeah. So, she's getting sued for a ton of money, so her argument is basically now that no, because the letter has come out, from her lawyers, no reasonable person would have believed what I was writing. That's her <laughs> argument. Uh, and it's quoting Dominion, because Dominion said, these are wild and outlandish claims. So she quotes the company she was saying was fraudulent by saying, look, they, they, they called them wild and outlandish. They were wild and outlandish. Nobody would believe these wild and outlandish claims. Come on, they're crazy things. They're just like my opinion, man, and I can have an opinion on stuff. And that's how they're going to try to get out of it. I don't know if that's going to work or not. Yeah. Can you be so out there? Because it was pretty out there. Her claims were pretty out there. Can you be so out there that you can say, how could that damage them? Nobody would actually believe they were working on behalf of the Venezuelans. That's crazy. Yeah. The only problem, though, and she has a problem, is that the plaintiffs are going to say look you did this intentionally to make profit and to damage us and look at all the people who believed you not everybody believed you but enough people believed you that that has damaged our company yeah well you know i'm a i'm a, certainly a free speech guy but i i don't mind the idea of a, a private company say, or, you know, or becoming known that you can't just say anything about someone or a company yeah, I, I would yeah. like if we had some standards. Oh, you know, that brings me, I don't want to get off on the tangent, maybe we'll talk about it later, but this judge, a conservative judge who unleashed a massive broadside at America's media for being so wildly biased, and he wants to review the, uh, the, the, uh, 
public person, the uh, public figure doctrine for you can say virtually anything about them because he thinks that the media has become so one-sided it's committing political slander and affecting America and the rest of it. But anyway, that's quite a tangent. But uh, So the whole Dominion is controlled by the Venezuelans and they had algorithms for how to overturn the votes and blah, blah, blah. Those of you who are angrily writing us emails, now, now look, I've been wrong about stuff before. And that's fine. I generally don't write angry emails to my favorite radio shows about it. But it is, anyway, I'm not here to belittle you. But I want you to understand, Sidney Powell's defense is that stuff was so freaking ridiculous, nobody would believe it. Nobody should believe it. Nobody could believe it. It was intentionally insane. Okay? Okay. So if you're going around still making the arguments that she now says are so crazy nobody would believe them. Yeah. Uh, you might want to uh, maybe yeah. take a look at that. Yeah, she is an odd bird. Yeah. That Sydney Powell. A uh, bit of an opportunist. Oh yeah. Yeah. The whole firing you up about politics and getting you to donate twenty five thousand or twenty five dollars is now a multi billion dollar business in America on like a monthly basis. It's uh, the, the internet brought us that because you can get tiny amounts and reach so many people and right. have it add up to a big chunk of money. Yeah. Do you believe the election was stolen from Donald Trump? Click on this, then give five dollars to fight it. It's it's it, exactly the same formula is the GoFundMe thing. You you strike when the iron is hot emotionally for a small amount? Because if I'm really fired up about something, I might shoot $25 off. I'm so mad about this. 25 bucks is nothing. You get millions of people doing that? Mm-hmm. Note to self, do that. <laughs> Somehow. You know, long-time listeners of the show, I know that I personally hate Dr. Oz, as we had a personal interaction with him. And I don't like the man. No. Uh, and it turns out he might not get to host Jeopardy all week long like he was hoping because lots of people hate Dr. Oz. I'm very yes. happy about that. Yes. So former Jeopardy contestants and others are complaining about Dr. Oz filling in as the Jeopardy host now that Alex Trebek has a past. They've had Katie Couric. She just wraps up two weeks. Aaron Rodgers is going to do a couple of weeks in April. They've had a bunch of different stuff. But Dr. Oz, the daytime quack doctor is supposed to start there he is this doctor oz this week and uh, a number of former contestants are very unhappy about the sanctity of uh, the the holiness of the game show jeopardy being sullied by the quack doctor oz and hey hey, doctor oz Uh, yes uh, my hip flexor is really hurting me should i stretch it or should i just rest it for a while doctor oz Excellent. Okay, thank you. Take thank this, you, sir. Take this supplement that is $20 and will make you pee a lot and do nothing else. <laughs> I do enjoy peeing. A Washington Post article reported a British medical journey that set out to check on two shows, Dr. Oz Show and then show, some show called Doctors in Great Britain. But they looked at Dr. Oz Show, and they found that recommendations in the Dr. Oz Show um were either contradicted by evidence 15% of the time, or there was no evidence to back the claims 39% of the time for a grand total of 54% of the time. There was either no evidence to back the claim or evidence that contradicted the claim. Wow. Uh, it's uh, quackery. Uh, executive producers <laughs> citing uh, he's got harmful ideas and pushed, among other things, promoting supplements that do nothing <laughs> and a number of other things. He's a quack. He's, you know, he's just a quack. 
<laughs> and he's a huckster. He's a salesman. And because we found out in person, he's also a dick. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, hey, speaking of medicine, uh, I need to get to that story about uh, people who've lost their smell due to COVID. Now they have smell, the sense of smell back, but it's all messed up. It's a crazy story. And the folks who bought a home in California, and now they can't get the seller to move out because of a COVID loophole. Yeah, it's like that movie Pacific Heights, man. There is a reason that was set in California. Oh, yeah. Yep. Craziness. Yeah. That's all on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Washington Post headline. We'll have to get to this later because I just saw it. The sometimes fuzzy $400,000 threshold in the Biden tax plan by Glenn Kessler. He's the fact checker there at the Washington Post. So the that's their words. The fuzzy, because Biden has said uh, over and over and over and over again, including in recent days, nobody making over $400,000, less than $400,000 will receive a tax hike. Well, the Washington Post is saying that's getting fuzzier as the days go on. So we'll take a look at that. As things often uh, do. Always do. Always do. Indeed. A lot of good stuff to come. I wanted to take a minute, a personal minute, uh, if you'll allow me, uh, to to let folks know, especially those who wrote such lovely emails and texts and stuff of support uh, when my mom was ailing, that she passed away Sunday um, of, uh, you know, the final stages of Parkinson's disease. Which is a rotten bastard, and I just found out that I'm twice as likely as the normal person to get it since my really? mom had it. And actually, my grandfather died of pop, uh, complications from Parkinson's. I didn't so, know it was hereditary. Yeah, they, they're they just starting to firm up their knowledge. Nobody has any idea what causes it. Uh, I suspect, you and I have talked about this through the years, I suspect it is some chemical that's everywhere around us. Yeah. Uh, plus, we're just all living longer. So that sort of thing, you know, when you're inevitably dead of a heart attack at age 64, you know, 100 years ago, nobody noticed, you know. We used to be involved in a fundraiser for Parkinson's, and it is a bastard and affects so many people in so many different ways. Yeah. But um my mom was a really great lady, and you would have liked her. She was smart and sane and kind and compassionate and... Uh, I've always admired her in a lot of ways, and uh, I have a great deal of affection and respect for all the women in my life and and women in general, partly because my mom was just so brave and tough, and uh, the idea that I would consider her gender to be somehow inferior is just idiotic. I mean, you know, I could give you her bio, but she decided at some point, raising three kids, that she had not fulfilled some of her potentials, and... Uh, went back to school, became a college administrator. Then in her 50s, as she was a devoutly Christian, um, went back and got her Master's of Divinity. She got uh, became an ordained minister, in effect. And I saw her homework in which she would be studying Greek and uh, and uh, ancient, uh, what are the other, Hebrew and all sorts of stuff, and reading uh, some of the biblical passages in the original ancient Hebrew. And I thought, oh, my God, that would kill me. But she gutted it out, and then she decided with her degree that she wanted to work in hospices, working with the dying and their families to bring them comfort and uh, 
and uh, you know, sucker, which is uh, uh, something she got then back at uh, you know toward the end of her life from an absolutely wonderful hospice. But anyway, <clears throat> it's sad, and and we're all you know broken up about it as you might expect. But um, toward the end, it was it was very very difficult for all involved. Um, but we sure enjoyed tons of family Zoom calls and stuff like that, and so it was nice. It was nice. And uh, I know what when I go, finally, probably uh, of a heart attack, having missed a two-foot putt, um, my fondest wish will be that the people I love go forward and have happy lives. So that's kind of the... Uh, no doubt. Yeah, that's our goal. And uh, what, you know, <clears throat> what you said there about um, anybody who had a good mom, how would you possibly come out of that experience with any thoughts that women were less in any way? Mm-hmm. than men I, it never occurred to me before but yeah that's clearly true wonderfully exquisitely different from men in a lot of ways um and anybody who insists there's no difference between men and women is just social construct construct is an idiot i mean there are social constructs but um i just yeah yeah and you know there were times when my mom and dad particularly my mom would be honest with us about the challenges they were having in their marriage um, and they stayed together. Uh, my my mom passed away at the age of eighty. My dad is eighty now, um, and and they would be frank. Uh, there'd be a little tension in the home, and they would explain it. And I realized at an early age, okay, relationships are difficult, and they take work. And sometimes you're mad at the other person, but you don't stop loving them, <clears throat> among other things. So, a lot of good lessons there. Uh, one thing that never happened to them is they bought a new home for cash. In California, then the seller refused to leave. This happened to the Albert family in beautiful Riverside, California. They bought a house January 31st of last year. The owner said, it's got to be cash, and I'll sell it to you now. Cash deal right now. So they cashed out every investment they had, all their savings, everything, and they came up with just over a half million dollars to buy the house free and clear, right? Comes time to move in, and the guy says, no, I'm not leaving. And he cited the COVID anti-eviction limitations to hang on to the house. Huh. So I had seen the headline on this, but I didn't know the details. So he did. does it seem like this is something was his plan all along? He recognized the loophole and thought, hey, I got an idea. Or did it occur to him after he went to sell his house? That is not clear to me in the account that I'm reading about it. We have, actually, we have tape, don't we? Yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe it's in uh, clip one. Every single I was dotted, every T was crossed. It took us scrambling to get everything we had, our life savings, put it together. We own the house yeah. outright, and it's our house. Just draining emotionally and financially. <laughs> it's genuinely unfathomable to me that we live in a state where something like this is even possible. Have it fall under a COVID tenant situation of no evictions when it doesn't fall under that at all. This transaction went through in January 2020 before any of that. Actually, with two seconds thought, obviously he did it on purpose. That's why you sold the house for cash. That that rarely happens. Right. And, uh, and it <clears throat> happened in this case because he knew exactly what he was going to do. Is, is he a lawyer? Uh, no, but a local eviction attorney said this situation is not unheard of with at least seven cases of this exact type of situation arising that he was aware of. Hmm. And the frustrated, frustrated husband whose voice you heard said, if you were in Arizona, if you were in Nevada, this wouldn't be a problem. You just go take your house back. But in California, our hands are tied. 
Even though we're on your side, they say there's nothing you can do. What a scumbag. What an idiotic state. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. No kidding. Yes, it's your possession. You owned it. You bought it from him, but you can't kick him out because he's in it. And that's justice. That's that's property rights. That's common law. It's stupid. Cali Unicornia, where logic goes to die. So they go ahead. I was just going to say, I would have to like prank him constantly, blast music, you know, throw eggs. I don't. Well, it's your house. You'd have to get it repainted eventually. Hire somebody who says "oh" to go have a talk with him. No, that was an unfortunate stereotype of uh, northeasterners. New Jerseyites specifically. Uh, Forget about it. So they've released the name of the shooter from Colorado. We did our speech about why we don't believe we should ever say the name. What if the name, the kind of name, raises questions? Then do you say the name? Um, the kind of name. Right. And, and the kind of person he is relative to the victims? or Well, if they can if build a white supremacy a narrative. it Middle Eastern sound to it. Because that, that used to be a giant story whenever there was one of these shootings. Well, I'd say if it's part of an identifiable ideology with an identifiable purpose, maybe that's worth hearing. On the other hand, if it's not, don't make it up, USA Today, CNN, pretending it's a white supremacy thing. Right. Uh, we can discuss that more later. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.